as superintendent, you know, you hear lots of trendy things. You, people are always trying to sell you some new gimmick or some new way to learn, most of which don't pan out. Every now and then, one actually does work. And this one did. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. Hi everyone, this is your host, Christy Hemingway, and today we are once again talking about math. We circle around to math fairly regularly because there's just so much to say, but today's conversation isn't like any other math conversation we've ever had, and it's also not only about math, we're talking about the intersection of math and music. Are you intrigued? I hope so. We're talking to two veteran math teachers and leaders. Shirley Forehand has been teaching for 27 years, She spent most of that time with ninth graders. She is the math department head at her current high school and has also served as department head at two previous high schools. Our second guest is Gary Petko, who has surely beat by just a few years. He's finishing up his 30th year in education. He was a high school math teacher for 14 years and then became an instructional coach and now serves as the pre-K through 12 math supervisor for his district. So between Gary and Shirley, we're looking at almost 60 years of math instruction and expertise. When they said they found something that really impressed them, we were ready to listen. The first lady of Arkansas actually found out about it and asked my principal, did he have a teacher that would pilot it for the state of Arkansas? And so that's how I first got introduced to musology. And so I piloted it for a little over a nine weeks, one grading period with them and just saw remarkable changes with my kids. Their confidence level increased and they were actually trying problems that before they would skip. We were blessed to let musology start in our district. It actually was birthed out of our school district for eighth graders to see if they could be we could do something to help them be a little bit more algebra ready. So it started in a pilot program in our middle school, and they saw such great results after the six weeks summer school that we put it in, started putting it in our middle schools over across the district. And since then, it's pretty much in fifth grade through ninth grade. So quick overview, Musology, founded by psychologist and researcher Dr. Lana Israel, provides supplemental instruction and practice in pre-algebra and algebra. It targets middle school, but can be used from mid-elementary through high school and even into college. Why is it so effective? Keep listening. So we've used it all the way from our late elementary grades to our intervention classes in ninth grade high school. Would you say that you were look you were in the market for some kind of intervention or supplementary resource that could help get your kiddos who weren't on grade level in math up to where they needed to be? Or did you just sort of stumble upon it? We were always looking. 
in our middle school summer program, we were looking, we had students that were just not successful. And part of it was low will to go along with their low skill. So we needed some alternative way to engage them. So we were in the process of looking for something out there that wasn't just a program. And and this just happened at the exact right time. It's kind of prophetic, I guess. Shirley echoed Gary's quest. Always looking, always looking, especially for something that's going to um, engage the students. And um, at the initial school that I was working at, our ninth graders came in pretty much functioning on a third grade math level. And I was trying to teach algebra to them. And so one of the things that Museology did for me was to free me up instead of going in and doing interventions and having to teach the basic skills to them. I could teach the algebra skills, but yet still reinforce the basic skills through their videos and their songs. And it wasn't the same old, same old that the kids heard, you know, since they were in second and third grade Mm -hmm. and it hadn't worked at that point. What was I going to do different? And so that was the big thing with Museology. It was that it was different. Here's what a couple of students had to say about Museology. You know how when you're listening to the radio and you get songs stuck in your head? Well, Museology can help many kids because when songs get stuck in your head, it'll help you remember when you're in math class doing a, maybe a pop quiz. I've always thought as math is a really boring subject. It's made math fun. Okay, so for those listeners who are sitting out there saying, wait, 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 what is this? Take a step back. What exactly is Museology? In a nutshell, it is math music videos that mm-hmm. teach math concepts, but it's not your schoolhouse rock videos. It is real live people and with with genres that the music genres that the students enjoy, from pop to rap, and it really teaches concepts through videos, and it has practice problems to go along with the videos. Ah, so it really does take it a step further because those schoolhouse rock videos, those were really innovative in their time, right? And Absolutely. I think they tapped into parts of our brain to really help. I still remember those things. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. not be able to give you the preamble to the Constitution <laughs> if it weren't for schoolhouse rock. But it but it sounds like museology really takes it a step further in that now here's the application. Absolutely. They give us a pretest. As far as teachers and collecting data, they do a pretest. They watch the video. They can watch the video as many times as they want. I watch the kids over there practicing the choreography that's in it. The graphics are true graphics. They're not dumbed down problems. They are true problems, and they use correct vocabulary in the videos also. And then, like Gary said, They give them challenges afterwards, which are the practice problems for them. And I can see how my students are doing with this with a click of the button. I get all sorts of data reports for the students and they get immediate feedback also. This is so exciting because we know all the research out there on arts integrated learning and how it enhances, you know, the learning in both, but especially music. Mm -hmm this kind of magical power. And it sounds like they're also 
maximizing what we know about movement and movement increasing cognition for students. So they're just bringing in all the big guns to get students engaged in math. They're bringing everything into it. I was amazed at all the work Shirley mentioned about the vocabulary. They, we were real careful. They were, they were using the right vocabulary, but they've done everything from when you watch the videos, the movement, if they're talking about on a coordinate plane going left to right, their movements are left to right. When they're showing, they've got colors that denote, uh, one color always denotes the positive side and one the negative side. It's just, they've, they've gone into great detail to make it as accurate and, you know, in tune with all the senses that a, that a child would, would use to learn math. Yeah. And so also visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to hear from both of you. Let's start with Shirley. How are you implementing this? Give us a picture of what's actually happening in the classroom with you've got your your basic, your core math curriculum, and then you've got musology. I use musology in so many different ways. I use it as a hook. So the kids may walk in and I have the video playing on the smart board and they've got the song going. And so they walk in and they're already getting into it. And I'm trying to activate prior knowledge with that. I can use it as response to intervention or RTI and have the kids do individualized and personalized education for what they need based off of like the NWEA scores or the ACT Aspire scores that I use. Um, Then I look at it from an introduction of what's to come. And so like they've got systems of equations. So we may be solving one-step and two-step equations in the very beginning. And I may show the video on systems of equations to show them this is where we're going to be going. So they have some anticipation with it. Um, The reward system that you can use in it with the challenges. Um, Not only are they, you know, I use them as points in the grade book, but you can even break it down. And I've done this before is that you have to get so many 100% on the gold and silver challenges before you can earn a bathroom pass. I mean, (laughs) there's just so many different ways that you can use it in the classroom. Just to review, Shirley uses this supplemental resource as an anticipatory set to hook students into whatever the lesson of the day is going to be in a fun and super engaging way. She uses it to review previous learning and also as a way to introduce new concepts. Additionally, she uses it, and it sounds like this might be the most common use, to provide guided, gamified practice for students as they are gaining proficiency of concept skills and formulas. I think that's the best part about this. You know, especially with students that are behind in math, there's so many times there's math programs out there, but you they're met where you put a student on it from the very first and go all the way to the end. And, and a lot of times when we're trying to reach a child where they have skill gaps, it's like filling holes in Swiss cheese. So we need something that we can just pick something from this topic and this topic. And musology allows us to do that. We don't have to start from the very first video and go all the way through. And our teachers have used it from everywhere, much like Shirley said, to start the class when the students are coming in, to teach the class, use it to teach the concepts and then reinforce it. A lot of our teachers are starting to use it in what we call small group instruction or centers when they've got students in, in little small groups to go around and one group's working on 
just practice problems. It's about another small group's got their computers on with ear pods and they're listening to videos and they can differentiate it for the, the videos for the, what that child needs. So just a plethora of ways that our teachers are trying to use it. Math and music are really the same language, right? Music is math. And so can you talk, can you speak to kind of the unique benefits that music offers when it's combined with academic content? Are either of you familiar with any of that research? I know the retention is incredible. You know, one of the things when we started the pilot with musology, you know, back in the day, you know, we wanted a pre-test and a post-test to see if it was going to have some impact. But we also together thought about what about a post-post-test? Let's give a test, you know, three weeks later and see if they're still retaining it. And much like you mentioned about the preamble with Schoolhouse Rock, mm-hmm. and I can still remember the words from Devil Went Down to Georgia from 1970-whatever. I still think <laughs> about our students remember concepts because of the music, the beat, and especially when, as Charlie mentioned, they're making the movements to it when they're listening to it. And, and the music videos have movements. So all that together just triggers parts of the brain that help them remember this concept from the notes to the rhythm to the movement to the words. It's just all ties together, which is so beneficial because math is so much about understanding or remembering the vocabulary. And this helps them do that. Musology has really worked on was getting away from the typical, I call it edge jargon, you don't make assignments, you make playlists. Um, you know, they don't take quizzes, they take challenges. They've intentionally taken that vocabulary out of it. And so the brick walls lowered. And then when they get in and they start hearing the music that they're familiar with, it's lowered even more. And they're more receptive to the information that they're getting in the videos. Yeah, and that is huge when it comes mm-hmm. to math because math phobia is real. It right? is real. It can be really paralyzing to a kid. So to to change the whole culture about math around math and math achievement can be a real game changer for a lot of students. Gary and Shirley are not the only fans to weigh in. Here's what a few other educators and their students had to say. When we found Musology, everybody went up a few letter grades and we were all really happy about it. Compared to other teaching methods, I've seen a higher level of engagement from more kids than with anything else I've used. Very cool that in like four minutes, you can learn what's usually taught in like one or two weeks. So did you, were there other options that you've tried in the past or considered for math intervention or? One of the things that we tried at a school was the pullout with the math interventionist, Mm -hmm. which didn't make any sense because they were pulling them out of math class. You know, and I'm like, um, now you're really, you're creating more holes. You know, you're creating these gaps for the kids. Um, they can stay in class, and I do, um, be, before COVID, did a lot of station rotation, and so they would have small group instruction with me on the topic that I needed to go with, and then I could do an intervention and sitting right there in the classroom, and so they didn't ever lose anything. What about you, Gary? Very similar. We. You know, we tried, like everyone else in the free world, we tried to engage the students through some type of digital platform. 
because mm-hmm. we know that's what hooks students nowadays or teenagers in general from the use of the iPad or computer. So we did that. But what it amounted to for our students, it either was just a worksheet on the computer with some randomized practice with students kind of figured that out soon enough. It was no different than putting a worksheet in front of them or it was some quirky little character that mm-hmm. introduced an idea that we're all in the students' minds really soon. Yeah, This to me really meets the students where they are, not only mathematically, but just in their interest in terms of when you watch the videos and, and the artists in the videos, they are really good artists and they're the type of artists that the students want to listen to. So they don't find it patronizing like some of the other. Correct. Yes. No, not at all. The other thing that we found, Gary, I don't know if you ran into this problem or not, but a couple of the digital platforms that we were using, the kids could Google the answers. Absolutely. Yes. They were completing it, but they weren't gaining anything. And we weren't seeing test scores, you know, increasing from that because the kids were not doing it. Yeah. So speaking of test scores, do you, either of you have any kind of quantitative data that you can share in regards to how your outcomes have changed? This year, as a matter of fact, district office is coming Thursday to figure out what I'm doing and museology is going to be a big part of it. Um, We just got through taking the second NWEA um, section test and I have over 75% of my students that have met or exceeded growth. I have three classes out of six that have over 300% growth. Wow. And they're like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I need to see what you're doing. Yeah. And so, of course, it does help that I stuck a bag of chips in front of their face and told them if they met growth, they could eat their chips. But, you know. <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You know, I, I think that Maslow would approve of that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, but with all the, you know, use of museology, working with the different things with the students and letting them have a voice in their education. I mean, they actually tell me when they're ready to take a post-test. They tell me when, uh, nope, I need more instruction. I don't feel confident yet. They're, I mean, they're just growing leaps and bounds. I have three students that have gained on the NWEA by 24 points. Wow. So in the NWEA, you're just usually looking for two, three points growth. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's huge. When it first started, we, we saw so many gains in that in that summer program. And that's where we first hit on, hey, you know, data, there's something going on with the data. And the teachers are using it, are seeing positive results in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we could quantify that. I can tell you, you know, we had a, one of our local news stations come in about a month ago and do a news story on museology that one of our teachers is using. And we could probably find quantitative data like crazy that supports it. But as an educator and math supervisor, I can, when I walk in the room and I see students that are engaged that I normally wouldn't even, you would stereotypically walk and think they're not, mm-hmm. and they're standing up and they're tapping their foot. That's the data that I see. I see, because I know it's hard to believe, but math isn't that popular with some students. Uh, and to see them, in, a student engage that normally would not, that's more data than I could ever expect from a test than a test score. Yeah, for sure. Do you have um, a favorite success story regarding a specific student that you'd like to share? Last year, I had a young man as a 10th grader. 
and we were working on fractions and he came over and he whispered to me in my ear, I finally get it. Mm. And this was a young man who is not a big young man. It probably was maybe four foot eight as a 10th grader. And I just watched his confidence grow so much. And to see him explaining to the six foot six, six foot seven basketball players how to solve a problem that had fractions in it now. You know, whereas before, I think they would have just blown him off. Yeah. But I called his mom and explained to her what all had gone on and what museology was about and that he was finally getting it and explained about the test scores because he was getting 100% on all the challenges. And um, she said, well, I'm going to do something special for him. And I was like, that's awesome. And so he came back the next Monday to me and he goes, thank you. Thank you for calling my mom. It's the first time she's gotten a positive phone call from school. Because he was always in trouble. He couldn't do it. It was avoidance behavior. Uh, and she went out and bought him a brand new pair of tennis shoes that he had been wanting. And he was elated about it. Oh, my gosh. I just love that. It's making me teary. <laughs> you know, you just you just feel the um, you just feel for that kid. You just know that suddenly there's been this power shift. I saw a student and. He was in one of our inner city schools, and you know, initially he would have his head down in math. And as a teacher, used the museology more and more. I just happened to be in the room one day, and he was a he was a, a ninth grader, maybe a couple of times ninth grader. Been there a few times down the block. Did did not seem to enjoy school, but when at the very end, when he said, "I heard him say to someone else, I can really do math." Mm. He just seemed surprised. And that was just, yeah, that's the type of stuff you want to hear as yeah. an educator. That's, that's what you want to hear. Yeah, that sense of kids feeling empowered by mm-hmm. by this resource. Right. You mentioned earlier, Shirley, that you kind of stopped doing the pull-out method for students who are who were not at grade level in math. How have you seen this resource contribute to achievement for your English learners or your SPED learners? One of the things with the English learners is that because the vocabulary is so rich and so accurate, they're getting proper information. And so I'm not having to go back and correct the vocabulary because like Gary said, they use dot instead of decimal point. Mm. And so they're thinking it's just a dot on it. And so that's the one thing with my English learners, my special ed kids, being able to go in and modify for them and to get an individual plan. And a kid with my special ed teachers, I'm like, I'm going to do an IEP that supports your IEP (laughs) and really get the kids where they're getting what they need not necessarily what the group of four or five kids need, but what they need. Okay. So it really allows for differentiation and all so much. Yeah. Okay. Our special ed teachers really love it because it's, it's a lot, it's a non-threatening way to introduce math, which for students sometimes in our special education classes, 
for a variety of reasons, have had bad experiences and, and have this low self-efficacy. And they enjoy it because it's 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 not threatening. And the students just engage right away and are more likely to do the math because the way it starts out. And they've had more success, I think, probably sometimes in our than our tier one or core content mm-hmm. uh, main mm-hmm. classes. There's just a lot to be said for enjoyment, for something that can be fun. Mm-hmm. And that you don't dread. The, Absolutely. Right. And you said you both said that a lot of several of your teachers have become really innovative in all of the different ways that they're using museology. What is the learning curve for becoming a proficient user, both as a student and as a teacher? Was did your teachers have to engage in professional development as far as how to integrate this resource? It is actually probably one of the easiest platforms to manipulate and use. And within 30 minutes, maybe an hour of PD, you're up and going. Okay. You can, I mean, walk away. You've already got your classes uploaded. You've already got assignment lists, you know, design. You can already go in and look at your standards versus the videos and how they support it. I was trained in 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it's not difficult at all for you to use. There's probably not a teacher listening who doesn't love to hear that because we just went off time, right? We need something that we can just take and run with. Did you have the same experience, Gary? Absolutely. And it was, we now have imported into our learning management system for all of our teachers called Canvas. So it's on there, but they we had a one-hour session that people could attend. And within that one hour, they were so proficient in it. I mean, it was just – and then just – I can't speak enough. And Shirley would probably speak to this as well. One of the big things – you talked about trying other programs or trying other things. One of the things that teachers really gravitate for, at least I do as a teacher, and I think many are, is, is they got to trust the, the content. they got to trust the material. And they got to trust the people doing it. And with this right here, we have never had – a situation that we could not call on the folks in museology and they didn't probably have it fixed within 15 to 20 minutes. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. to a real person. I mean, mm-hmm. one of our, and our teachers feel empowered to call up Dr. Israel or one of the folks or email and probably literally within 30 minutes, they've got their, their answer, whether it's a, a glitch that possibly could have happened or they don't know how to do this or they're not sure about this. And they've also taken suggestions from our teachers. Mm-hmm. What about asking these type of questions? It's so nice to know that someone sold you a product and they didn't walk away. Right. And that's, that's what's really great about it to me. Yeah. So super responsive. Yes. A couple of my ESL learners asked for some Hispanic songs and they're working on them. And they're doing So they are very receptive to input from teachers and from students and several of my students, I've put them, called them on my cell phone and put them on the speaker and, you know, I've told them you're on the speakerphone in my classroom and the kids will sit there and talk to them and give them input on what they want to do. Honestly, within 24 hours, Gary, wouldn't you say 24, 48 hours, sometimes the kids will recognize, hey, wait a minute, that was my suggestion. Absolutely. Really? There's the change. You know, and the kids love it and they have ownership in museology because that's their suggestion that they made. That's so validating for them. 
that to me is worth more than anything else. Is you when you have a good relationship with someone and they're receptive and they're responsive, like you said, that it's just as as a as a district level person that really is trying to sell something to our teachers to use. That's big for me. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And then on a side note, it prompts your students to to want to make their own videos or make their own songs up. Oh, that. Yes. So that's that's sometimes a challenge. That's some of our teachers have done that. Okay, now you make your own up. And and your creative students who thought that for some reason that art and math didn't go together are now having get a chance to get involved. Mm -hmm. So good. And then cost wise, do you have to subscribe as a whole? You said that your whole district adopted. Um, Shirley, do you have to subscribe as a whole school, as a whole district? Could an individual teacher listening get a license to museology? You can go district-wide. You can go school-wide. You can go grade-level-wide. You can do individual teachers. Okay. So um, I do believe that they have it tiered based on um, what your needs are that you're looking to fulfill. Okay. They do, and they have. We did do it as a district, and we, but you can just as an educator or maybe just a parent or a student wants to sign up and, okay. and do something. So they have it worked out for all different tiers. If you go to museology.com, it has a place where a tab for an educator to sign up or a parent to sign up or a student to sign up. They've got a place where they can do a free trial for a little while and then sign up. Yeah. Can they access from home? So, like during remote mm-hmm. learning where students yes. have to continue? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Which was very helpful the past year and a half. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's big. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you would have loved to talk about? These are not garage <laughs> YouTube videos. These oh, are gosh. actually, they were up for yeah. a Grammy nomination. So these are top notch videos. Okay. And they use people in the business that actually make the videos that you see on MTV and, you know, everything else that the kids watch. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I think impressed the kids. Matter of fact, one of my kids said, well, we just thought it was going to be a bunch of wannabe artists. Absolutely. (laughs) And they said, and they were real. (laughs) Headquartered in Nashville, right? Nashville mm-hmm. in California. California now. And I think they've done a couple in New York. They're doing a whole series on fractions that will go all the way down to, I believe she said second grade. Yeah. Right. So they're really, they're listening to the teachers. They're listening to kids. They're looking at their data. Yeah. Where is the area that we need to work on? What a fabulous, creative, high impact and unique solution this is. I can't imagine anyone listening who's not going to want to go straight to Museology and watch some of the videos. I think as an educator, you can get a like a 30-day trial membership free and a parent can get like a seven-day. You know how when you're listening to the radio and you get songs stuck in your head? Well, Museology can help many kids because when songs get stuck in your head, it'll help you remember when you're in math class doing maybe a pop quiz. Equations are mathematical statements with an equal sign. And you need to solve these for their variables each and every time. 
Here is a way to solve one step equations. Steps are the same for all operations. Here is the way to solve one step equations. Here is the way the steps are the same. Find links to Museology in the episode notes, or simply visit edcuration.com and search out Museology. With a 30-day free trial at your fingertips, you have nothing to lose by checking it out, and your math students have everything to gain. Museology is continuing to expand their library to support additional areas of math instruction, and keep your eye out for other content areas in the coming years as well. Musically enhanced learning is not edutainment, it's brain science. If you have a resource or topic you'd like to share with our EdCuration audience, reach out to us at edcuration.com. And while you're there, set up your free educator dashboard, check out our upcoming events and webinars, and take advantage of our free professional learning explorations. You'll also find our blog and all of our podcast episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please give us a star rating, leave us a comment, and share us with friends and colleagues who can benefit from all the ways that we are reshaping learning on the Ed Curation Podcast. Mm-hmm.